World's finest are back together. Adam Mara's not more back together again. We will recap kind of the Nuggets offseason. We'll take a look at this big question of how good are the Nuggets going to be in 2023-24? Plus, we're going to start a little battle tournament here. Peyton Watson versus Zeke Naji. All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day, part of your week, part of your lives. We appreciate you guys, especially you everydayers that check us out and make us your first listen every day. We are available on all platforms. If you want to check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, please. Best way to support the show is to check us out on YouTube and catch a live version of the show and check out folks like Snowden Stiver, who says, Adam and Matt together, that's my Barbenheimer. Matt's Barbie and Adam is Oppenheimer. Fair. Actually, Fair. Look, at, look at even the color-wise. Look at us. Yeah, it does. It does. We're actually, we are very much in a Barbenheimer meme right now. Uh, and you can check that out over on YouTube. We are uh, daily, uh, though next week we will go to three days a week for the duration of the dead zone in the NBA schedule season. Uh, and of course, picking back up as soon as we get closer to the season. We appreciate you guys making us part of your day, part of your lives. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, with Adam and I back together. We want to do like a big picture, like, okay, how good are the Nuggets going to be? We'll do that for two segments. Then in the last segment, Adam had a really good idea of kind of a Street Fighter Mortal Kombat. If you got to pick one between various players in the rotation, we're going to start today with Peyton Watson versus Zeke Naji. We'll debate the merits of both. If there's only room for one in the rotation, we'll do that and more on today's show. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Back from Breckenridge Maroon Bells here in beautiful Colorado. His name is Adam Mares. Thanks to Adam for helping me out this week and filling in with all the great guests and all the great shows. Appreciate you, Adam. And yeah, we're back. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm deep into the off season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. Like, I'm spending a lot of my time on football. Like, that's what I'm doing uh, right now. It's like I'm standing up uh, on, like, I'm reading magazines and going through, like, various, making bets on NFL futures and stuff like that. Um, so it's, uh, that's, that's where I'm at in the process, as well as, like, I, I'll take, like, about two hours a day and do film work. I'm working on um, the Spurs right now. And, oh boy, is that a tough watch. It's a tough, tough watch to just sit there and do clips of the Spurs. Uh, but we're going through it. Um, all right, let's start here, Adam. All right, we are in, there are these various way, waypoints throughout the season, and it goes even through the regular season, but the offseason in particular, before the draft, after the draft, after free agency. Um, and then now is this, this zone. We're through all the news. We're through all of the burblings. The league has mostly settled. We still have two large trades to kind of figure out. But to be quite honest with you, I don't consider them to be like game changers. Like I'm not like, if Damian Lillard, when Damian Lillard goes to Miami, I'm not going to be like, well, that's it. That's a wrap for 2024, the Heater winning the title. Um, and I'm not going to be like, oh, man, the Clippers got hardened. That's just not where I'm at. And so largely, I think we have a, a general structure of the league kind of finished. And so what's interesting, about I think, about the question of how good will the Nuggets be this season? It's not only a question of the internal stuff of managing and we've talked i've talked a lot about motivation and injuries and all this it's also about like what is the 
the topography, if you will, of the league look like? Like who's going to be higher? Who's going to be lower? Who's going to be more motivated? These types of approaches. Um, I'll ask you this question. This is a feeling question. How do you feel about the Nuggets in this dead zone going into the schedule release here in two weeks? How do you feel about where the Nuggets stand in their chances of repeating as NBA champions? I feel really good. When I said earlier, I'm in full off season mode. Part of what I think I mean by that is I'm at the point where I am sort of more optimistic. Like you get further away from, you know, the tensions and it, it, you almost get more unrealistic in some ways. Cause it's like, what is it before season begins? Hope springs eternal for every fan base, right? Everybody is optimistic. I think I'm at a point right now where I'm not sure what the Nuggets are going to be in the playoffs. So I'll almost cut that off. I'll only talk about the regular season. And I just look at it and I think, I think the Nuggets are poised to be as good or better and possibly even meaningfully better as a regular season team than they were last year. So you look at it, some of that is just to do with like the personnel that they'll be bringing in. A lot of that has to do with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were not great for the first 20 games. I think they will be in this next year. And that means that their ceiling is higher. And then lastly, teams that get a win that have staying power, they have a confidence boost that comes from winning. And I think mm-hmm. the Nuggets are going to get that. So for me, at this very moment, I'm feeling very good about the regular season Denver Nuggets. I, I spent a little bit of time on on vacation thinking about how I need to not overreact to the things that I tend – if I find a worrying concept, and this is with any team that I do analysis on, I tend to hone in on that, and it like it's like a virus where it infects the rest of the team. <laughs> what and is so, that for the Nuggets? The bench. It's the, the inexperience on the bench. And but do you think about it this way that the bench was as bad as it yes. could be? Or do you look at it and think that no, it could get way worse? Yeah, that's I talked about that on the last show that I did was was basically like, well, look, the bar is like is not only zero, it's negative. Like the bar is like a minus five. So if it's that bad, it can't really be worse. If it is, then yeah, you've got a problem. But if it was that bad, if it was so bad as to be worse than last year's group. And then, and it's really funny that we talk, I say bench, because that's what we're used to talking about. And it's really just like non-Yokic. Non-Yokic, yeah. But it was so bad that it's like, okay, if it were to be worse than that, it would require like meaningful and immediate intervention. Yeah. It would be like, oh, we had to, we had to make a deal because it was like, we were losing by 20 points per a hundred possessions like, or even worse than that, like we were losing by 20 points per 12 minutes uh, without Jokic in each half or whatever. And so you wind up in this, this kind of thing where it's, it can't really be worse. So I, I tend to agree. And I think that with Denver, uh, I did talk about this though. It's not really the bench. For me, it's it's actually more of if there are injuries, if things are, if guys are less available and the supporting cast is less capable of filling in in the Jokic minutes. And so now you still have a low, you know, ceiling on the bench and the starters are a little bit worse. What does that look like? But then like, I also kind of remember just like, look, man, those, those five guys are killers and they're all healthy and in their primes. Like there's just like not a weak spot in the starting five. 
yeah. there's not even a weak spot in terms of like, well, he's getting up. There. Like the Bucks, I have a lot of questions about. Like I'm very low on the Bucks and I'm actively fading them because I'm like, guys, that's like 33, 34, 35. And then like Giannis, who's got a lot of miles on him. So I kind of agree with you. And the stuff you talked about when they get a win, I have, I started talking about that on the other show that there is a possibility that I am completely off in my assessment that they're going to be slightly worse this season. And they might be just like, no, like they might just be untouchable next season because it is such like, it's so it's light work for them because of what they've learned in that playoff run. I do think light work requires your bench to be good because I don't think you can play like the starters play four stints, right? I don't think you can expect them to press uh, pedal to the metal for all four stints. It just gets annoying. It gets exhausting. So you do need a bench that can be close to a net zero most of the time in their limited minutes. So that's where, to me, does the season get easier is still a little bit of a mystery. But your point to me is the, the good one. Because Bruce Brown, to me, I think, this is going to sound like a hot take, had no impact on the Denver Nuggets' bench. He had a major impact on the staggered lineups. And to your point, somebody's out, plug Bruce in, and you're perfect. Murray's out, Bruce plays point. KCP's out, Bruce plays shooting guard. Michael Porter's out, Bruce, we go three guards, and you got that. That's where his real value was, and I don't know that the Nuggets have that guy now. I do think that Christian Brown can be an interesting piece as like a replacement for a KCP or something, or even a Michael Porter. But it's not like how Bruce was able to just play whatever role Denver needed if there was an injury. So I think they lost that. But it is the part where really where Denver's win-loss total seems to sink or swim is just about, do you have a bench that wins their minutes some nights? Because last year, the amount of times Denver's bench won their minutes, you yeah. could probably count just on your fingers. So that's where I look at and I go, if I'm trying to be optimistic, and at this moment I'm feeling somewhat optimistic, the foundation of your bench at the moment appears to be Reggie Jackson, tough start, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji. That to me is a very good defensive lineup, which automatically raises the floor of what your bench can be. They might not mm -hmm. score, especially in the half court, but I do think that they can get stops, which is how you avoid some of these 10-0 runs that Denver seemed to have so many of last year. This is a really good point I want to talk about on the other side, which is Joe Broussard says the bench will be hungry. And you kind of touched on it there. And I think there's something really interesting we should dive into. Let's talk about that on the other side with – I've talked a lot about motivation with the starters. I want to talk about the bench motivation and how that can help things. We'll do that on the other side. But first, I need to tell you about price picks which is daily fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players and if they'll score more or less on their prize picks projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people with screens and screens of projections. It's just you versus prize picks projections. They offer projections on any sport that you watch, NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, uh, men's college basketball and women's college basketball, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, Got that coming up. Uh, cricket and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us 
part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Uh, let's go ahead and, and dive back into this comment from Joe Broussard, which is the bench will be hungry. Um, I think it's like an interesting kind of thing uh, that to kind of like work through here uh, as far as um, I've talked about the motivation of the starters, right? And one of the things I was talking about this with my wife on the trip, my wife really wants to come on the show, by the way, she has hot takes that she wants. To oh, I can't wait. This is going to um, be an all timer. Yeah. It's, it's going to be bad. Uh, oh man. Let's um, do this. And so she's very sad about Bruce Brown. She's more sad about the avalanche, but she's very sad about Bruce. Brown. Oh, I can't wait for this episode, but there is, I was telling her, I was like, one of the advantages the Nuggets had last year was that everybody was paid. They didn't have to worry about agendas because they extended KCP and Aaron was on contract and MPJ got his deal and Jamal and Nicola were on the maxes. Like Bruce, I thought was in a good spot because like he was playing for free agency, but he also understood what he needed to do to get paid, which obviously worked out pretty well for him. And so there wasn't really anybody that was like really working to get their next deal. Like Jeff was at the end of his career, you know, whatever it was the best deal available, he would go to. So, What's interesting this year, though, is you do have guys that I think are now working towards something like Reggie's on this two year deal. But even then, like Reggie's still kind of hanging on here in terms of having a major placement in a rotation. Right. He got moved by the Clippers, which were they were thought to be the team that had kind of salvaged him after various flameouts. Then you have Christian, who Christian had a really good first season, obviously helped them win a championship. If Christian can show that he can do more then his ceiling for career earnings goes considerably up if, and then you've got like, I think Zeke is one in particular that like the, the our, our, I was thinking back to all the different things that we've talked about with him and how much it's, it's been all over the board, like trying to figure out if you would, if you would ask me, what will Zeke Naji be making in 2026? Right. If you would ask me that a year ago, two years ago, three years ago on this very date, my numbers would have been radically different every single time. And so there's an opportunity here for Zeke to actually earn quite a bit of money if he can establish himself as both a rotation and impact player on this team. I, I don't really know how to like, I, I want to ask you this. Where does Vlatko fit into this? Every year we do this one, right? He should play more minutes than he doesn't. Um, I think this is the first year I go the opposite direction where I just don't know that he's part of the team's plans. I mean, if they were to go to a 10-man rotation, maybe. But unless Zeke has a disastrous season, I don't see where Vlaco fits into things. Are they going to go with both him and Zeke? I mean, they did for potions last year. And by the way, man, it was the best budge lineup they had all season in the regular season. That was the best when those two guys played. Right. But I have a sneaky suspicion that Reggie Jackson's going to play. Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, I think are locks to play. You probably have one starter staggering with the bench and that leaves one spot. So for me, I don't think Vlaco plays consistent minutes. But he'll get a shot just like every year. He'll have opportunities where he steps in and fills a role. And I just think it'll be one of him or Zeke. That's interesting. That's really interesting given that I think that there's a lot of sentiment around the fan base that the answer is going to be like the 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 uh, the bleak, as I've named it, lineup. The Vlaco Zeke lineup. And if the Jamal Murray is your stagger, it could make sense. There is a rotation where Murray is your bench. Like Reggie doesn't play, Pickett doesn't play. You just have one. Christian Brown replaces Jamal Murray, and he plays with the starters with no point guard, like which yep. Denver maybe has success with. Aaron Gordon does a little bit more ball handling. And then your bench is Murray with um, 
some, one of KCP or Christian Brown, they end up splitting minutes with the bench. Peyton Watson and then Zach Vleek and Zach Vleek. Vleek? <laughs> got it. It's in the lexicon now. Yep. Those two. And so that is a potential rotation. It just means not playing a backup point guard, which I, I'm a little skeptical of Malone to do. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that the, the, the front office would want that either. I don't think the front office is just like we don't want ball handlers. I, I guess I'll ask you because I think you know better. Do you think that the front office is more confident in not having a ball handler? No. I, I just think it's hard to get through a regular season. I think in a playoffs you could do that, but I just don't think you can get through a regular season with that much on Jokic's shoulders. So I think that's one of the things that I think is kind of interesting here. Now, you know, both those players, so uh, Vlaco, there's a team option for 2024-25. So he could be in the last, like, the, we'll see if the, the team picks up the option or not. He's playing for them to pick up the option, essentially because he doesn't have control over it. And then, you know, Zeke hits RFA next year. And so the idea of like extension talks and all those types of things, I think will be interesting. Does, can, can Zeke play his way into that? For me, a lot of this, the way that I've, I think about Zeke is less about his play and for me i'm just like he's gonna have to show me that he can go two months in the rotation with no injuries before i can kind of be like okay like we can evaluate him and decide ups and downs and ceilings and floors and all of that because until you're able to do that you're just this unknown quantity you're just like yeah when he's healthy with he never is healthy and i think it's especially worrisome when you're playing so few minutes and you have this injury history like he's not like log in 25 28 minutes in these games yeah but that might actually be the reason though man it might less be about because i think what you're implying here is he hasn't played that minutes many minutes and he broke down if he played more minutes he'd break down even more there might be something too one of the hardest things to do is to not play and then play a bunch of minutes yeah yeah i think that's fair i've guys have talked about that too i think that's that's definitely fair um you talked real quick though. You talked about nobody having like Denver hasn't had to go through the contract year, this or that. And you're right about that. I think it is an underrated part of this era of Nuggets basketball. Only Michael Malone has sort of gone through that. I think this year though, Zeke Naji is the one guy who's in a weird spot because this is his pay year and yep. he hasn't played a ton of minutes. And if I were him, I would have already been more disgruntled than he has been so far in his NBA career about the opportunity he has or has not gotten. And this year, if his minutes do get yanked around to where he's just getting DNPs, you know, a couple games in a row, if I were his agent, I would be making phone calls. So that is one thing that is like textures the Zeke Naji story this year. And it should be noted that KCP is technically in a contract year. He's got a player option for next season. So like KCP is also, I think a guy that's probably going to, you know, and I will say the guys in KCP spot, what they tend to do, if you look at Chris Middleton last year, talk about this. Chris was careful with the regular season, right? Coming off an injury, tried to come back. It didn't really work. And he shut it down again. And then he yeah, came back and they absolutely slayed the last like three months of the season. He also had some personal life turmoil, you know, yeah. lost his father and different things. So yeah, had some stuff going on. Um, so I think that there's like, there's different ways that KCP can kind of approach this, but I do think it's a kind of an interesting question that we stumbled onto as far as um, the, Everybody was so aligned last year. And I think they honestly, they could probably use a little bit of fire and tension and motivation from various like outside entities, especially with, I think, because this, this I think will be the challenge for the starters is that when they're motivated 
and in sync they're so good they're so dominant um but it also makes it i think it pretty easy for them not to to kind of give what they're going to have to and i've talked about that before like i think there's gonna be a lot of nights where they're not certain um to kind of wrap this up i want to ask you this question if i gave you an over under of three and a half for their seating in the western conference I, I, take, I take it this is an under for you. Well, well, yeah, under meaning it'll be one. Yeah. Or, yeah I, I mean, look, I, you could have said the line is 0.5 to me. I just look really? around and I say the Phoenix Suns to me are a team that contend. I don't know who else is going to be a high-volume winner. I think Denver will. And yeah. it's not because I think they're going to come out gangbusters. I just think they're very talented and they're going to be very, very good. They have a lot of different ways that can beat you. Their chemistry is already set, especially with their second lineup. To me, I'm surprised you set the line at three and a half. So one of the reasons I think I set the line at three and a half is um, it has to do with more of when I look at the historical context, 53 for a one seed is not a lot, right? And there are reasons, and you can definitely, like you've mentioned them, how the Nuggets played in the first two months of the season and how they played in the back two. My question is like, do I have, I don't think it's going to be the same pattern Right. I don't think they're, they're going to be like, I don't think in November you and I are going to have the, are the nuggets in trouble conversation like we had, which I still love that we had that conversation. Um, and I don't think that they'll necessarily tail off the way that they did in March because like they, they went so like they lost to the Spurs. Nope, nobody yeah. was pushing them is the point. Like there was yeah. nobody to push them and this year there might be, but do you think there's a 60 win team this year? God, that's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't, I do not look at in the West. I do not look at anybody and go like, oh yeah, they're going to win at least 58, 57. And I kind of wonder, Matt, if we're, I don't want to say we're done with 60 win teams. But in I mean, that era? Yeah, but I do think that the super team era of the 2010s might be less frequent than it is now. I mean, we kind of have one in Phoenix a little bit, but just the way the salary, the, the, the NBA has slowly adjusted to try to make it a question of whether you should or should not build a super team. And I think a lot of teams are like, ah, I don't know. Let's get two stars and some role supporting cast. And that might raise your ceiling as a playoff team, but I just don't know that we're going to get another 67, 73 win dynasty team. I think we might. I think that Denver winning 53 wins last year feels low, and it was. But I think 57, 58 wins is going to be the one seed in both conferences this year. Interesting. Okay. Um it's entirely like that's entirely possible. That's entirely, I think, on the board. Um, I do think if you go through real quick, just think about it this way, Matt. Go through the Western Conference: Rockets, Spurs. Um, is there another team that we could say uh, maybe Portland and Utah? And Utah is even a little more questionable. Portland maybe even a little more questionable, depending what they do. But those four teams to me look like they're a tier below everyone else. But then you go to Oklahoma City. New Orleans, Minnesota, the teams that are typically outside the play-in, right. you know, you think of them, those are good teams. They're going to beat the best teams in the NBA some nights. And I just look at that and go, that's why I don't think there's going to be 60 win teams is the 10th best team in, in the Western Conference is a pretty good team. That's really interesting because the way that you're kind of framing this is because there's a double-edged sword there, right? Which is like, hey, all those teams are going to be better. Yeah, but they're also going to be better against Denver. But like, what's interesting yeah. is the way that you're kind of framing it is, it's not that Denver is going to be a juggernaut. It's that in a high, like Denver is well suited to come out on top of a high yes. level of a high parity conference. Exactly. That's it. really interesting. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm going to have to think on that. Cause I think that that's like a really good way of framing Denver's I, potential there. 
I mean, I'm going through and looking at who makes the playoffs. Like, it's too early to be doing this, right? Like, we're all changing our opinions. But when you go through it, it's an extremely difficult exercise. Where do the Lakers fit in the West? They, I can't figure out if they're like a fifth best team or the 12th best team. Yeah. And I think it's realistic for either one because, again, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, these teams are good. Dallas didn't make the playoffs last year. Matt, are we going to count them out two years in a row? Yeah, the play-in tournament may be absolutely ridiculous this season. Like, it may be absolutely – the race for the, the to stay out of the play-in tournament especially could get brutal. Uh, so a reason for Denver to, to load up early. Rob, uh, Rob says hard to see the Suns as a super team after watching what the Nuggets did to them last year. Agree about the playoffs, but they were a super team in the regular season before they added Bradley Beal. Remember when Durant, the short sample size, they won a lot of games. I think the Suns are going to be an elite regular season team. I'm skeptical of them in the playoffs, but regular season wins are different. On the other side, we're going to start a series, and I, I got to figure out a name for this thing, but we're going to basically, we're going to battle it out over who gets to be in the rotation and which one you would pick right now if you had to choose at least for a minute allotment between the two and we're going to start with peyton watson versus zeke Naji. we'll do that on the other side first i tell you about fanduel sportsbook take your first swing at betting mlb on fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to 200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line, the over-under, to who you think is going to have the first home run. Uh, put in, I'm putting in some bets. I'm fading the Bears. I like the Cowboys. I will tell you, this is probably the first time that I, I think I'm not taking a Broncos under. And th- the first time in like five years, I, I'm, I am... I am a, I'm a little concerned with how good this team could be, especially with the upgrades at offensive tackle. Uh, you can get in on that and maybe even take a long shot bet for them to win the division if you want over at FanDuel. All on app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. back here on lockdown nuggets thanks for joining us and making this part of your day this is such a good show you and i were like what the hell are we going to talk about and like this has been a great show i've gotten like i've gotten things that have my brain turning uh, from these conversations thanks for making this part of your day everybody make sure to leave us a five-star review if you're listening on apple just take a second and go ahead and go to the review page and drop us a five-star review if you're listening to us on youtube as a lot of folks do we have man we have made like the number of subscribers and i've been really impressed adam not only have we made huge strides um during obviously the championship run, even after like the word is out about locked on nuggets and all the great nuggets content around. Uh, all right. So Adam had this idea and I think it's a good one. And I want to like, make sure that we frame it the way that you want to, how do you want to frame the battle that we're going to be having the street fighter duel that we're having between two rotation guys? Uh, give me the lowdown. What do you think? I mean, it's kind of just like a, it's just an either or right. Like you got to pick a side and we'll try to pit some guys that, who are sort of in the same zone in the pecking order and just say which one's going to end up coming out. Okay. So we're going to start with Peyton Watson versus Zeke Najee. Uh, First of all, let me ask this. Do you feel like those guys, if you were handicapping top eight in a playoffs right now, top five are set. Christian Brown is set at six. Mm -hmm. How do you handicap? Wouldn't, would these guys be seven and eight in the handicapping? No, Reggie Jackson right now is the, is a minus number to be in the rotation. He is for regular season. I'm saying playoffs, though. I think he still is just because, like, 
Bruce took up a big chunk of those bat. Part of it is in the non-Jokic minutes. So Nikola plays 40 minutes in a playoff, average playoff, 42, right? So you still got to get through six minutes, right? Who is like, who is handling ball handler duties in those minutes? And even it's, you can't not have Jamal, like, you know, Jamal's going to have to play a lot with Nikola. Is, are you really going to go six minutes in each half without Jamal and Nikola on the floor together? Right. So some of that all kind of works out. I still kind of, and I guess here's my thing. I'm, I'm going to give Reggie a minus number just because he currently is on roster. But my, my answer would be like a minus number for Reggie Jackson slash a backup point guard. They acquire mid season. But this is why I, this is why I don't think his odds are there because I think there's three options. Reggie Jackson is the guy or four options. They don't play a point guard in the playoff, a second Mm -hmm. point guard. They play Reggie, they play Pickett. Or they play some other point guard who's not yet on the roster who they acquire for. The and the other run. three of those beyond they play Reggie are probably a much higher percentage than they play Reggie. I would agree with that. So that's why I think he's yeah. below. Whereas Peyton Watson, you know, I think is pretty likely. I mean, they're going to give him a go. They want him to play. And Zeke Nagy, I kind of just pencil in there as a guy that probably is going to get every opportunity this year to become a playoff player. Uh, all right. So Zeke Nagy's 22 which I'm sorry, Zeke Naji is 22 and 200 days. So it's about to be three. I always love the, the this is age 23 days. season. Yeah. The, I always love the number of days on basketball reference. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Peyton Watson, on the other hand, uh, how old Peyton? 20, I think he's about to be 21. He's 320 days old. Um, so he's about to be 21. So it's 23 versus a 21 year old. Zeke brings, they both bring defensive versatility. They both can guard multiple positions. Uh, I don't think Peyton can guard up as much as Zeke does, right? Like you could theoretically, you can't throw Zeke out versus versus Embiid or even like Vucevic, but you could throw out Zeke versus most backup bigs. Like say Thomas Bryant. Yeah. I think you could play him. Thomas Bryant's big and he scores a lot, but I still think you can do things there. So yeah. Um, Versus Peyton can probably guard once a little bit, a little bit easier. Although I think that one of Zeke's real versatilities is his ability to switch onto point guards and contain. It, so just so people clear because I see the chat confused. They don't play the same position. This isn't about one, only one gets the spot. This is more yeah. both are going to get an opportunity at different roles. Which one is more likely to stay there? Mm-hmm. And it could be both. Yeah. And of the two, it's interesting because like my mind immediately goes to the fact that Peyton is Calvin's guy. So I always think that he's more likely to stick, right? But I, I will say, I think I... I think I kind of lean towards Zeke. Um, the, the videos of him shot looks better, which is good. I, I will kind of say this, that after you mess with a shot, Brandon Clark had this where he looked really good initially. They completely messed up his shot. And then last year, Clark started to kind of like rebound a little bit and started to shoot a little bit better. It was like more time with the new form that you saw the effects start to, to carry over. So maybe this is a season where, where, Zeke's jumper looks a little bit better, even if it doesn't look as good as it did in his rookie season. Um, I feel like I still have a lot of questions, especially coming out of summer league. I know that Peyton put up numbers, but I have just a lot of concern about how out of control Peyton can seem at times. And on this team in particular, it is, I think it's hard for you to stay in the rotation when you play out of control because the nuggets play a very controlled style even if it's like it's high energy in terms of the ball movement 
it functions because everyone knows how to play and Peyton, there are still long stretches where I feel like I, I've called it baby lamb syndrome, where these guys just look like they're trying to find their legs are wobbling a little bit. And I'm concerned about that. That's my first thought on it. Well, first of all, I, I like the point. My, first of all, I think that both guys are going to get a lot of opportunity. I, I just think that if Zeke plays bad in October, he's not getting benched. I think the Nuggets are going to say, we got to survive this. And the same goes for Peyton Watson. I think Peyton Watson might get yanked around a little bit more because he's younger. And Malone has just done this to everyone. Like, oh, you missed this rotation. You're benched. Not because I don't believe in you, but just as like almost a disciplinary thing, right? Like, hey, we, we don't live with this. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're more frustrated with Peyton Watson's in and out of the rotation than we are of Zeke's this year. But I think both guys are going to be like, we need them to be good by April. So we're going to give them a lot of opportunity to be there. Your point, though, about, well, Peyton, to me, brings something that that bench likely needs, which is just a little bit more, he's more dynamic. Like, if you ask me, what is Zeke offensively? I think Zeke's going to be a great defender. You know, he can switch, he can do all those things, and it unlocks a unit. But Denver's bench is going to have a hard time scoring. And I think Peyton Watson as a transition scorer is extremely valuable. And I think that there is a chance Peyton Watson evolves over the course of the season into a player that has something in the offense that is a go-to. Like, okay, we run that out of a timeout, bench needs something, we run something for Peyton. I'd be shocked if they ran something for Zeke. Like, I just don't think they're going to come out of a timeout and say we're going to Zeke. With Peyton, I could at least see it. And so I think I lean towards Peyton. And then your point is the most important one. What are the Nuggets most motivated to make work? Clearly Peyton Watson, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. If I told you that Zeke Naji made his biggest stride this season was in screening, would that change things for you? Because it would for me. Because if he can screen more effectively, then you can actually run, I don't know, sets with a second unit, which would be a huge step up for them. Like a lot of what happened with those those second units was just like it's really funny. DeAndre screens had, well. Yeah, that's true. DeAndre does scream well. And he DeAndre. was the worst option yeah. as terms of the big. Yeah. Um that's true. I guess I just I this is an interesting eye test versus stats one, right? Because I like the fact that DeAndre could could peel for Jamal and get him a little space could peel for Bruce and get him a little bit of space. The overall numbers were terrible. And like that, I don't know. I don't know where to directly relate. I'd have to go back and look at specifically offensive defensive and like who shot what in all those lineups, not to excuse Deandre because like can't play. Like he's there as like the veteran, like he just can't play. The numbers are what they are. But I will say that I think that, I kind of go back to Boston. One of the reasons I've upgraded Boston as much as I have with the Kristaps Porzingis edition is because even though they didn't add the ball handler that I think they still need, it does give them the the ability to be like, Hey, we're just going to run some pick and roll. We're just going to run. Like we're going to run Tatum and Porzingis pick and roll. Pick and pop. Yeah. And like, that's a base action that you can just get to when things are not clicking and not working. You need those types of, of things to make it work. Like for the Nuggets, I think a lot of it is honestly, it's not even Jokic post-ups, it's handoffs. Like that action has always been such bread and butter for the Nuggets going back to when Nikola first came in. And teams have learned how to defend it better. But you saw, that's one thing I was kind of thinking about this when I was watching some clips of the finals run, was that there was a lot of sequences where I was like, man, they would have guarded this handoff action entirely differently like four years ago because that was such a bigger part of how they use Nicola. And then now that Nicola has become the Omega, 
and you have to guard. You're so worried about the post ups and the face ups and the, you know the off the dribble action and and the off script. There's so many ways to use them that they can actually go back to handoff action sometimes and generate really good looks. And so that I kind of wonder is if if Zeke. I don't think Zeke can ever be a handoff option because of of his size. Not even, no, I don't even think it's that. I think it's more like that That requires kind of a more elite feel for the game that I just yeah. don't think he'll have. But if he can just screen and pop, if he yep. can just be like, we're just going to spam, pick and pop on, on your backup, drop big, then that provides you with a little bit more versus if it, with you when you were like, we're going to run something out of the timeout to get Peyton Watson. I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. Like, what do you Well, no, no, I just think it like put the ball in his hands and let him run a pick and roll or something of mm-hmm. that nature. Like, he uh, he's so raw at it, Matt. But I do think he has a foundation to become good at it, and that's and that's what I mean. One of the things that's really interesting about him, is, about Peyton, is that you're right. There are all these sequences where it's like he looks completely out of control. But then there's like the rare sequence where you're like, oh, that looked really clean and good. Like I don't even know if it's that rare. It's just more like fifty fifty, which yeah, you know, like it, it's weird because usually players are much higher percentage than that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's either you can or you cannot do this. And it's like, well, he can. Does he do it often? No. Does he do it rarely? No, it doesn't more than that. It's just if like a guy, if a guy swishes half his shots and hits the side of the backboard on half, you like aren't convinced he's a good shooter, right? Yeah. And it's kind of the same with Peyton's ball handling, where it's like, okay, I, it's hard for me to really fully go all in on it just yet. Dayon is right in this. Uh Peyton Watts is much more active, aggressive overall. That probably I think does play a part here, where I think that Zeke's tendency to float for long stretches of the game will cost him with this coaching staff, especially because I'm expecting another um, very frustrated and high tension year from Malone, given what you are. Oh man. Given what the bench looks like. I just don't think he's going to be so frustrated into it. And and he's not going to be able to like turn up the heat the way that he did periodically this year to get the guys, the starters, the starters are going to be like, it's January chill out. Like there's going to be a lot of that. So. The identity of the bench unit to me is going to be defense first and foremost. Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji is a great defensive trio that has upside to be a stopping unit, meaning other teams, even if they're a better, more talented team, they get frustrated by how much Denver stops. I think they are a transition team. Peyton Watson's an elite transition player. Christian Brown's athletic. He can get down the open court. And then I think when it does get bogged down to the half court, they're a Reggie Jackson team, which is not my favorite, but I think that that is what you, that is kind of where you go with this. And um, all those guys, I don't know where either one of them necessarily fit into that equation for Zeke. If he can become a Porzingis or Maxi Kleber esque pick and pop type player, it does give him a role in that half court offense. Whereas as opposed to just standing in the quarter with Peyton Watson, I don't know just yet. I don't know his game well enough to be able to say I know where he would fit into every type of configuration and every type of identity. It's funny that we've uh, we we spent a lot of this summer talking about Reggie because you have to because he's the only guy they really gave money to, and he's the veteran, right? And I just continue to be like, I have a feeling that we're just going to be like, hey, remember when we spent like two months talking about Reggie Jackson? That was funny. And then he's not playing or something. Yeah, and he's yeah. not playing or he's been traded. So. Yeah, I, t- I said this the other day, but after Summer League, I'm a little bit less optimistic about Pickett overtaking Reggie. Like, I still love his game. I just think the runway for him would probably have to be... It, I, I don't know. I'm curious. I love his game. I absolutely love it. He is small. And so yeah. there is, and defensively, I thought it stood out more than offensively. Yeah. Um, there are parts of his game that I think he's going to have to really work on at the NBA level. And I'm worried he's not going to be a guy that gets a long runway for that. So... 
I think Reggie, I, I actually do think Reggie's going to play. All right, it's going to wrap it up for Locked On Nuggets for a Friday. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and being with us. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Drop us those likes and subscribes on the old YouTube. You can follow Adam Maras on Twitter at Adam underscore Maras. I'm on HB Basketball. We'll be back on Monday. We'll probably do live show on Sunday night. That's typically what we do. We'll do live show late Sunday night for Monday, and then we'll be into our off-season rotation next week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.